Hello, this is Pastor Kong Hee. I want to thank you for joining us on our podcast. I pray that you'll be blessed in Christ, encouraged by the Word, and experience an encounter with God. Remember, knowing God and being known by Him is the greatest pursuit of life. Enjoy the message. This is my first of a three-part series on healing. Many people ask me why we believe in healing. We believe in it because the Bible says that God is a healer. His desire to heal is clearly revealed in one of His redemptive names, Jehovah Rapha, which means, I am the Lord who heals you, or I am the Lord, your physician, your doctor. Making people healthy and whole is a work He continuously does. Not only does God desire to forgive all our sins, He also wants to heal all our sicknesses. We know for sure that ultimately, His will is for us to have a perfect body that is not subjected to sicknesses and death. And in this lifetime, we can have a little foretaste of the wholeness and life that is our inheritance in the age to come. For example, in the 40 years of journeying through the wilderness, the Israelites constantly experience miraculous healings from God. We read of them in number 16 being healed of a deadly plague. So they constantly encourage one another to believe God for physical miracles and good health. Old Testament saints like Miriam and Naaman were healed of leprosy. David cried out to God in his illness and God healed him. Hezekiah was healed of a terminal disease. Many women were healed of infertility, Sarah, Rebecca, Rachel, Manoah's wife, and Hannah. And it wasn't only the women that God healed. He also healed men like King Abimelech of infertility. The widow of Zarephath and the Shulamite woman had their sons being raised from the dead. Job was healed of an immunity disorder that is known today in the medical field as Job's syndrome. As a result, Many of the Old Testament writers encourage others to believe for divine healing. Clearly, healing is in the nature and character of God. Now, if the saints under the Old Covenant could experience all these, how much more we who are in the better New Covenant? So the prophets of the Old Testament really believe that a part of God's salvation includes the healing and wholeness of the body. For this reason, healing is part of the atonement of the cross. It is part of our salvation package in Christ. The biblical witness is very clear here. Isaiah prophesied, when the Messiah becomes our substitute on the cross, not only will he be wounded and bruised for our sins and iniquities, he will also bear our sicknesses and physical pains so that by his stripes, we are healed. Isaiah 53 verses 4 to 5. True enough, when Jesus came, the gospel explicitly says that he healed all who were sick to fulfill the prophecy of Isaiah that he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Matthew 8 and verse 17. Peter, who himself had healed the sick and raised the dead and publicly testified that Jesus came to heal the oppressed, he also affirmed that healing was in the atonement, that by the stripes 
of Jesus Christ, we were healed. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 24. Therefore, there shouldn't be any doubt that the victory of Christ includes the healing of the sick. There is no denying that healing was a very prominent and necessary part of Jesus' ministry. He healed those who suffered chronic illnesses and disabilities for 12 years, 18 years, 38 years, from childhood, even from birth. He healed those who were at the point of death and when necessary, raised them from the dead. Jesus demonstrated the kingdom of God by healing every sickness and disease. Just read the four Gospels. He healed fever, blindness, paralysis, blood disorder, edema or bodily swelling, leprosy, epilepsy, deafness and muteness, those with withered hands, those who were crippled and lame and maimed. That means those with permanently damaged or amputated limbs. He healed those with acute psychotic disorder. Jesus raised the dead, like Jairus' daughter, the son of the widow of Nain and Lazarus. Out of the 3,779 verses in the four Gospels, 727 of them have to do with the healing of physical and mental illnesses. This is one in five verses, which is quite a lot. Jesus sets the gold standard of all gospel ministry, that not only did he come to offer salvation to the lost, he healed every sick person that came to him. Let me say that again. While he didn't heal every sick person there was, all who came to him for healing were healed. All. Jesus healed them all. This is the gold standard of all Christian ministry. He then sent out his disciples, first the 12, then the 70, not only to preach the message of the kingdom, but also to demonstrate that the kingdom of God comes by healing the sick, cleansing the lepers, raising the dead, and casting out demons. And they did all that. Then after his resurrection, he charged his followers to lay hands on the sick and heal them. So healing is an obvious and irrefutable indication of the presence of God. And Jesus says it will bring glory to God. When we come to the early church, of the 28 specific miracles in the book of Acts, 17 of them, or more than half of them, have to do with supernatural healings. As such, there is no denying that God healing the sick is a constant and prominent theme of the early church. It was through miraculous healings that the name of Jesus was exalted in Jerusalem and later in Samaria. When Aeneas, who was paralyzed and bedridden for eight years, was healed, the entire cities of Lydda and Sharon turned to Christ. In fact, it was because of these mighty signs and wonders that the Gentiles had such openness of heart, and those miracles moved them to obey the teachings of the gospel. As such, the Bible clearly says that the healing ministry must be a regular feature of a local church and should be strongly supported by the prayers of the entire congregation. 